Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and joining me today is Christoph Katzbeck. Hey Jay. That wasn't, that didn't really match. I, I gave like an intense introduction of your name intense, and yeah. you went, hey Jay. Yeah, I, I take I take after Jeff. I listen to the podcast and I hear Jeff and Jeff just always gives a very cheery, hey Jay. And so I was just that's you know, true. Channeling my uh, inner Jeff. Channeling so. your inner Jeff today. Yeah. All right, we'll yes, see if that. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. It was funny. Uh, I think there's just something with um, dudes with semi-red beards getting confused for one another in our church because uh, we <laughs> Jeff and I have this thing every once in a while where people will confuse each, us with each other, um, and that happened with someone else in our church. They also have a red beard, and they were like. Uh, by the way, someone came up to me and said, nice sermon, and I didn't want to correct them, so I just said, thanks, and walked on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's because uh, I tell people, I switch your names around when I tell people who you are all the time. You so see, you just, you call Jeff Kristoff, and you call yeah. me I say, Jeff. hey, that's that's Kristoff, that's our youth minister, and I point to Jeff, and I say, go up and say that's, hi to him. Say, hi, Kristoff. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, I just, I, I like to do that just to make, you know, keep people on their toes, keep keep everybody humble yeah because well, that's what the you, passage the, was about uh, like, it was about humility and so i just want to i want to help you guys be consummate radio pro right here yeah i just want to help you guys <laughs> seek humility and uh and that's you know what that passage was was about yeah yeah that that passage philippians 2 oh yeah the passage that you preached on so you preached on philippians 2 and it it talks about christ's humility and um and really how how God has set up like the, the kingdom of God being the upside down kingdom where the last will become first and the first will become last. And, um, and so Jesus being the ultimate example of the humble servant and then um, how that will be flipped upside down and that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And then our unity in that, like in identifying in Christ, we participate in that same life and in that same glorification at, at the end. I mean, the, the version that God has for us. And so you preached a sermon on, uh, on, on humility, which always goes over really well in 21st century People love westernized. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, our, <laughs> it's our, it's our favorite. And we always have the caveats of like, Okay, but not too humble. Yeah, right. No, like, I'm yeah. not gonna be. I'm not gonna be a doormat. I'm not gonna get taken advantage of. I'm not gonna. Which is so opposite of that passage, you know. Like that's and that's kind of the part that gets me, and that's what like draws me. I, I said it a couple of times in the in the sermon that that passage it it, it quite possibly is just, for some reason God keeps bringing me back to that passage. Mm-hmm. It just keeps weighing on me, and uh, you would think, you would think so like. It's referencing Isaiah. You would think for uh, people who, who grew up reading Isaiah would think, okay, this this is going to be like, uh, I'm going to read this long list of like battle accomplishments and political endeavors and all these incredible things that are done. And then that person, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess his Lord. But no, what it actually says is, um, you know, God humbled himself, emptied himself, took on the likeness of men. And by the way, he, you know, bore our sins, died on a cross for us. And it's because of that, that he is highly exalted. And that to me, it just, it goes so against our culture. But I think like that is so, it's so, um, transcendent of cultures you know like i don't I, I don't know a culture where they're like oh yeah of course that's that's what it's like yeah the suffering servant the king as 
suffering servant is a very foreign concept, especially it's one thing to have a suffering servant, um, a philosopher that suffers and shows like, like finds piety in their suffering. Yeah, yeah. It's a different thing to say that victory is gained through suffering yeah. and, and that that whole dynamic is going to be flipped upside down. But what Paul is addressing is he doesn't just say, this is what Jesus did for you. He's saying that this is what you should be united in. Is, right. Right. Is um, this is what the family, the body of Christ then should continue to look like this. And um, that, that pushes against us a little bit. Uh, it gets us, we tend to, um, I think I find in these passages, and I don't know if you found this, but I find that we, we tend to want to deflect a little bit or we want to um, try to define it in such a way that makes us comfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, we have these direct commands in here of, um, you know, count others as more significant than yourself. Yeah. Consider not only your interests, but the interests of others. Um, and I'm curious, you'd mentioned, you'd mentioned before the podcast that, that you actually had a question after the, the, the service, which I kind of anticipated and wondered if you would get, and you did. So yeah. do you want to? Yeah. Um, I, well, so I gave some examples, right? I, I talked about, um, what would it look like for husbands and wives if that was their relationship dynamic? If, if kind of the, the marriage advice we gave was look not only to your interests, but to the interests of the count, your, you know, significant others is more more significant than yourself. But then I had mentioned parents to, uh, to kids and, and somebody afterwards brought up the, they were like, well, a lot of, not a lot, but kids today tend to have their interests, uh, um, cared about so much so that they end up being kind of spoiled, right? They end up, um, they don't know how to deal with, uh, rejection. They don't know how to deal with, um, being, being told no. And so they were like, well, what would you do then? You know, what about somebody who, who their interests are seen too much in their, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, I, I don't know if you want to take, take, take and run with it. Or if you want me to kind of give my, my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go for it. Okay. I, so and I, then I, I'll tell you how you're wrong. Okay. Let's, let's I'll consider it. your interests mm-hmm. and then I'll. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you, there you go. You get a, uh, actual application. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking to the interests of someone else doesn't just mean looking towards what somebody wants. It's oftentimes what someone needs. And that's a hard, that's a hard, especially as a parent. Like I, I think as a parent, that is a really difficult line to toe sometimes because you want as a parent, I mean, this is scriptural. You want as a parent to give your kids good gifts. You want to be able to uh, care for your kids. And when, when they want something, you want to be able to provide it. But you also need to be able to, rightly discern what is good for your child versus what they want um so like my kids right now an example my my kids are um soon to be seven uh four and one and a half and so we are at the age right now where like food is a i and maybe maybe this is still a thing with teenagers you'll have to tell me um where you know my daughter want would eat ice cream and french fries for every single meal if she had the opportunity to do it and sometimes she's bold enough to ask for it and you're like well no you need to eat like you need to eat some like uh, real food not just like this like highly processed sugar we need you to eat some like proteins get some protein in that diet Uh, we need you to eat like some vegetables and fruit like you can't just eat this like really highly processed food all the time because it's not healthy for you and that is me looking out for her interests even though 
what she thinks she wants in that moment are those french fries i'm going no like your health is far more important what you put into your body uh will affect that and so it's it's hard it takes a level of discernment and wisdom in knowing what those those the the difference between those are yeah and i i think that it this is such a great example of how we often how all of us will struggle at times with understanding the bible because we always like we we tend to want to define what we're reading in a in a, in a way that where we feel comfortable in a way that we pass the bar or the way that it, it deals with the issue that we think is the problem. And we want to define it in that way. And that can cause us to dismiss hard truths. It can cause us to defend ourselves in it. And so it can, it can cause us, um, you know, to, to deflect and, and point to other people and how they're not doing it. And in this situation, it's, it's kind of an oversimplified understanding to think, well, counting someone else's interests as, you know, considering their interests, not only my own, but also their interests must mean that I just give in to whatever they, they, you know, want me to do. And that's the problem with today's world is that we're just doing that. Everybody you know, gets what they want. Everyone just, you know, we're all snowflakes and we all get like, everyone gets a trophy and, you know, in the little league season and everything. And that's not at all what this is talking about. Um, I think that, what we have to we have to be able to dig a little deeper and say okay well think about that example of like a, a a spoiled child like a legitimately spoiled child that just asks for ice cream and gets it whenever they want well whose interests are actually being looked after there like is it the child's just because that's what they want or is it the parent who wants to avoid the wants to avoid the conflict you know and, yeah, and yeah. feels overwhelmed and tired and wants to not have to deal with it or doesn't want to be embarrassed in front of people you know out in public or doesn't you know doesn't want to be thought of as bad cop or the mean one or whatever i would argue that when we that acting in the interests considering the interests of others and counting them as more significant is far more pressing um it, it, it's not about just doing what other people want it's about doing what's best for them not with us as judge but willing to be the servant and sometimes that means I'm willing to put in the extra effort and work that it's going to take to prepare good food for my kid and deal with their tantrum when they don't get ice cream. Um, and that's being the servant. Sometimes it is by laying aside my pride and letting them have ice cream at times when I'm like, I want to be controlling about yeah. what they're eating. I mean, it, it, and the same thing happens out in, um, you know, in the world in the workplace and everything it's, uh, we, we just so often put ourselves in the place of judge or in the place of the one that knows like that we know what the best thing is all the time and and we don't but I just think it's I think it's oversimplifying it to just assume that that means whatever someone's interested or what they want because it's not actually in their interest Paul obviously is acquainted with that he preaches the gospel even when it pushes against what people want to hear he ta you know talks about there will come a time when People will have itching ears and they'll just they'll chase after people who will tell them what they want to know. So that's clearly not what Paul is talking about. He encourages practices of church discipline. Like he obviously is not just saying, you know, we'll just do whatever you want to do. Um, but he is saying that in Christ, we have this example of laying down our own interests and counting others as more significant to, than ourselves, like not not 
trying to posture ourselves as the as the more important one, right? Like we're we're supposed to um, seek to to serve others and to um, and and to humble ourselves in following Jesus, yeah. who emptied himself and took on human form, the the Creator subjecting himself to the creation, and so. Ultimately, and I don't know what you think about this, but I, ultimately I, I look at it and I say, well, this is really about, it's really about this idea that if Jesus subjected himself, like we need to answer the question of well, what does that mean? Like how, like let's not spend our time thinking about what it doesn't mean. Some, sometimes that can be helpful to yeah. look at a passage and say, well, what do we know it doesn't mean? Well, it doesn't mean this. Like I can spend a few minutes doing that to try to corral myself. But I think we, especially when it comes to hard passages like this that are not really hard to understand at an intellectual level, it's pretty straightforward, but really hard it's to hard think to about. It's yeah. hard to practice and hard to think about what it would actually look like in my life um, that that we really make sure that we are not spending all of our time thinking about what it must not mean, that we're actually thinking, okay, but what does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean for a parent to count their child like as more significant than themselves and to consider not only their own interests but the interests of their child what does it look like for a spouse to do that and and the answer to that is always going to be difficult because it's going to require me laying down my own life and submitting myself and denying myself and nobody wants to do that yeah, it, and it always seems, I don't know, those I use those examples, you know, uh, a parent with a child or a spouse, because it does feel like the closer the relationship, the more we allow different excuses to kind of creep their way in. Different things like, well, I deserve to be treated this way, or um, like you should do this for me because I am that. And in when you have the paradigm and, and part of the reason why this passage Philippians two just really gets to me is, is that's not the posture Christ had towards those no. he served. You know, he didn't look and go, I, if there was anyone who deserved the right to go, Hey, you know, uh, before the foundations of the world, yeah, I was there. Uh, and all of you, I created you, knew you before you were even born. Uh, if there's anyone who deserved any to be treated in any sort of way or could have demanded any sort of thing, it would have been, Jesus. And instead, like we get a picture of Jesus getting on his hands and knees and washing the feet of the disciples. You know, we see the image of um, Jesus serving uh, the Last Supper to his disciples. And ultimately, we see Jesus going to the cross for our sins. And it says, hey, in this humility, in this act, in this who Jesus was, this is the same mind, this is the same love, and this is the same movement we should all be moving in together as a church. Um, and and I think part of that, like that, that starts from, I think a really good place where that starts from is are, are those who we are closest to, our, our spouses, our, our closest friends, our children, um, our churches, our, you know, then our communities, and just asking ourselves, like, are we living that out? Is that what, is that what our um, life looks like? And there's just, it's just hard to then have the sort of room of going like, well, I deserve, I deserve when I get home for the dishes to be done, you know, like, all of a sudden, I don't really have that right. Instead, the question is like, man, I know it was a hard day, but maybe it was a hard day as well um, for my wife today. And so I can do the dishes, you know. Um, 
and that's just an example. I know it's, it, it, it seems like a small one, but in the moment, that could be a huge one. That could be a huge way of serving um, someone else. So I just, I just, I imagine what would it look like if that is what we were marked by. And I, in the sermon, I referenced Jesus said that, like, you will be known, like, this is the new covenant in my name, that you will be known uh, for how you love one another. Um, and the question to me is, like, is that what we are known for? Yeah, and I think what you got to know that what Paul is dealing with here with the church in Philippi is what the early church was dealing with all over the place, which was the diversity of this group of people yeah. and trying to figure out, like, how do Jews and Gentiles fit together? How do the rich and the poor, how do, you know, just all these different factors, and now they're unified in Christ. And Paul's saying the way that that functions is that you would humble yourself. So if you want this community to function the way that God has intended his people to function, the answer is take the lower seat, become the servant of all. Mm-hmm. If you want to become great, become the servant of all. Seek the lower seat so that, you know, you could get moved up, but you don't like how shameful is it to get knocked down when he's talking about the wedding banquet? And I think so he he does that and we say and and the objection, I think he's anticipating the objection. The objection is going to be okay, but surely you mean like certain people. So I have no problem serving the person who is worthy of my service. Yeah. Like I have no problem serving the person who's really kind or serves me back or does. And those are the kinds of things that Jesus says, look, even the Gentiles do that. And so now Paul is reiterating that saying, so if you, if you wonder, should I count this person's interest as equal to mine or should I consider them as well? Should I count them as more significant than myself? Well, if you were asking that question, consider Jesus who was the king of all, like creator of everything, who humbled himself, emptied himself, became human, and born in the likeness of men, and became the servant of all. And and consider that. And then, so I think he's hitting on two things. One is, if you if you look at a person and you say, well, are they worthy of me serving them? Are they worthy of that? Like, or, or am I going to like just perpetuate, you know, some negative behavior in them? Um, then consider Jesus, who mm. was always in that situation. Like Jesus never served anyone who was worthy of being served yeah, by him. Right. And and then secondly, if you're wondering, well, is that worth it? Like what's the end of that? Well, consider Jesus, who emptied himself, took on human form, and then and became ob- obedient to the point of death on a cross. And now is exalted his name is exalted above all names so i think it's it's both this there's nobody that is like that's never the question of is this person worthy of me serving them um do they deserve this but it's also not a question of is it is it worth it because now jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess like that's the way it works so paul i think is saying you know that be in community like if you want to be of if, if there's if you have taken any encouragement in Christ and the gospel of being redeemed, being saved, being um, rescued, then then have this mind among yourselves. Like be be humble. Like be this community together and f- pointing to Jesus who did this for you, and also pointing to what is happening now with Jesus and what your future is. Yeah. So it's not a joyless. Like, well, Jesus died for you. The least you can do is unload the dishwasher, even if your wife was crabby today. Like, right. that's, you know, or the least you could do is, um, you know, love your husband, you know, even though he didn't buy you a good Christmas present. Like, it's it's not that. Right. It's, this is your king. 
So live like him and know that there's joy set before you, like that you will be exalted that in that, that you actually, I mean, if you want to talk about this, we'll talk about this when we do the Sermon on the Mount series, but there's rewards and you get more rewards for, I mean, like all the better when somebody doesn't yeah. love you, because that's what Jesus says marks you as different. Well, it's, you know, you, you talk about this, like this deserving thing and I, I think we have become so uh, we have we have witnessed so many we've watched so much entertainment and movies of like these feel good stories of like oh this person went out of their way to go and serve this downcast person and what a redemption arc and story they had they didn't burn the person at all and they just like it was it was right. great and it was happy it was fantastic and then you go and you serve someone and that's not the experience that you get recognizing that the fruit of the spirit the fruit of serving and pouring into people are the it can oftentimes be the work that god even does in your own heart to develop that peace and that patience right. and that joy and, and all of that and and it also it takes you know i think when we we have this paradigm shift of like we're called to serve and we're just we're called to serve those who we wouldn't expect is that uh we are rightly putting uh, the work that God does in people's hearts in God's hands. And we stop trying to, uh, we, we stop trying to s- strong arm um, people into seeing things a certain way. You go, well, I went out of my way to serve my sibling who didn't know Christ with this expectation that they would then hear the gospel and become a Christian and they're not a Christian right now. And it's like, well, that's that's God's work in their life. It's it's not supposed right. to be something that you do. Um, and so I think like it, it, it helps to, once again, put the proper uh, work in the proper place and just go, you're just called to be faithful. God will produce the fruit where God produces the fruit. Um, take that stress off. <laughs> like that's a stress you don't need. You don't need the stress of producing all this different fruit. That's the work that God does. We're just called to be faithful and to see how God works through mm. that. That's interesting that the taking the stress off, that that is part of the easy yoke, you know, and why yeah. the yeah, burden yeah. is light is because you aren't, you aren't on the hook for the fruit of any of those things. That's not what you're on the hook for. You're on the hook for, are you faithful in this moment? So right. in that interaction with that person, whether it's a coworker or server at a restaurant or a customer or something like that, like you're not responsible to, um, to make them a better person in that situation, you right. know, or to we get so worried about like, well, you know, then we're just, if, if I treat, if I serve them in that, then I'm just encouraging them and enabling them their sin. There is a way to serve people when you, like in an enabling way, but that is tied to your responsibility in their life. Yeah, yeah. And by that, I mean, you know, anyone that has multiple children has to deal with the issue of the oldest wanting to be a parent, you know, or the other, <laughs> yeah. they, they like to jump in and be like, well, yeah, and, and they did this. And you're like, wait, you know, I don't need your help. I'm the parent, yep. your responsibility. I have that in coaching where I'll tell the kids on the team, like you, you are not responsible to discipline your teammates, you know, whatever. I, I'll take care of that. Your job is to be encouraging. Like, well, if I encourage them there, then they're going to no, you don't need to worry about that. I'm dealing with that. And in a very similar way, that is the way we function in the world as God is saving and redeeming the lost as he's displaying his glory he's given us like our role and we just we seem to never be satisfied with that we seem to be very concerned with roles that are not our roles you know like when paul says what do you have to do with judging outsiders like what in the world like why do you why do you take that that's not part of your job description like do you not trust god to bring justice 
like, or do you think that you will do a better job of bringing justice? Do you think God's like missing the mark on this? And so I think like when we get into those situations of, you know, it, it just, it doesn't feel fair or it feels like, well, I'm going to be taken advantage of, or it feels like all these things we need to remind ourselves that like, this is what Jesus did. Yeah. And you pointed out that Jesus is king and he's not the president. We've talked about this before of, um, but I think you, I think you just articulated it well at the statement. I actually wrote it. I wrote it down. Um, you just said he's not king because he fits our agenda. He's king because he's God. Yeah. And I think that's a great way of putting that, that we don't vote for him, but we still articulate that the gospel so often in that way in mm-hmm. our culture. Yeah. Like making a decision to follow Jesus. Like I, that always, there. I understand it. Like I, I don't need emails about like, well, but Jesus <laughs> says, come follow me. And they make a decision. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Like, okay, fine. But, but in our culture, that's different. Like when Jesus says, come follow me, he's a rabbi talking to potential students and he's selecting them, which was already weird. Like they didn't. Right. Um, and so that's, he's doing that for a different reason. That's not the same thing as going around to the different candidates and saying like, well, I like your platform. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump on, you know, and I'm going to participate in your election. Um, that's not what's going on here. Like he is the creator of all things. And so the question is just, do you see that or not? And if right. you do, then he's Lord. And and so it, like to dismiss what he does when Paul is like drawing this direct comparison to Jesus and how he humbled himself. And so if we belong to him, we also should humble ourselves in that same way. We don't get to say, well, I didn't like that part of his platform. You know, we, right, right. Like not only do we act like we elected Jesus, like we did something, we empowered him in some way. We did not. Like we did not empower Jesus to take office in our hearts. Um, but also we tend to do it with like we do with politicians. We're like, yeah, yeah, I like these things, but not these things. So I'm not going to participate in this part of his plan because that's not my thing. I'm going to participate in this. And we do that all the time. So I think we don't we don't just act like Jesus is our president in the fact that we voted for him and we made this decision and we made a good decision because he's a good he's a good president. Um, but we also do it where we pick and choose which parts of his his platform. Yeah, we'll follow were. this one, but you know yeah, this one. Like, we'll or this just isn't a big deal to me. You know, that's fine. I know some people get really excited about this part. You know, his plan for education, but I, <laughs> but I'm really more about securing our borders. You're like, yeah. wait a second, that's you don't get to pick and choose that. Yeah. Like he's king. He's king over everything, and but because he, of and who he is, not yeah. because of what you decided exactly. or what you and I determined. Exactly. I, I just I think that paradigm, if we were to recognize that more in the language that scripture uses more and more of like he is Lord, um, I just I, I think it would challenge us more and more in how we view how he interacted with others and what he calls for us to do. And then and then it would just it would deepen our trust. And I think this is this is just the big thing, is deepening our trust that he is faithful to complete what he said he is faithful to complete. And instead of us having to take that upon ourselves, to trust him, to put our faith in him, and to just move as he has called us to, um, just faithfully recognizing that, again, he is king. We don't get to parse that out and make it partial, and we're going to follow this one, not this one. Um, that's called heresy. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna instead recognize him as king and do our best to just follow him where he calls us to follow him. 
Yeah, and and that goes to then the economy that he sets up is the economy that exists. The kingdom as he sets it up is the kingdom that exists. And he says that this is the way, like this counting others as significant, like through the Holy right. Spirit, this is what Paul is saying, but it's the Holy Spirit, it's God's word saying that what Jesus did, Jesus modeled this for you. He's not creating something out of thin air. He's saying this was the life Jesus lived. And you then, if you belong to him, this is how you should live. And that pushes against our common sense. But this has always been the way it is. This is why Proverbs says, you know, do not lean on your own understanding. That yeah. You, that, that this, this, this has always been our bent since the garden, that Eve thought she knew a better way to gain wisdom. She thought she knew a better way to to gain life, and she didn't. You know, and, and Adam thought he knew a better way to that, and he and he didn't. And you know, the the Israelites in the desert thought they knew a better way. Like the the all the followers of Jesus that were looking for Jesus to overthrow the Roman government thought they knew a better way. And we tend to, and so we we tend to think that it, no, it's in our show of power and our show of influence from the top down that that is what is going to testify to God's glory but God says it's not it's going to be in your humility it's going to become it's going to be by becoming a servant of all um we we show that in the way we battle sin even in one another where we think that the way to battle sin is to rebuke people all the time there is a place for rebuke but it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance mm. it's not that 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 has been set up and we think like well if I'm kind to them that'll just enable them in their sin well not according to God like we got to yeah. be we got to be mindful when we create our own systems and our own paradigms based on what makes sense to us and I will be the first to acknowledge that a passage like this is hard that when you think of okay what what will bring unity it's when I count others as significant you know and as more significant than myself I know if if Robbie were here, he'd be like, oh, no, you can't bring this up Uh-oh. because everything comes back to this. But I do. It was such a great example during the pandemic. The pandemic was such a great example of this, that that what drove us so often in that was thinking, well, what what can we give up? Right. How can we serve and how can we serve the community? How can we be a support rather than a burden on on the community and on the government here? Like, what can we do? How can we serve people in our church? How can we give up our own personal desires or preferences for others? And I think that that was the dividing line was that you had one camp saying, well, what can we give up? And you had the other camp saying, well, why do I have to give up anything? Like, what should I not give up? And and like that they came at it from that angle of, well, why do I have to give that up? And needing to be, I guess, needing to be, um, convinced to give something up rather than starting at a place of like, yeah, I'm willing, I'm willing to do whatever um, until I feel that the Holy Spirit says till the Holy Spirit says, no, don't do that. Like, which would be pretty clear at that point of if, you know, right. we're told stop preaching the gospel. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, well, Stop teaching was, the Bible. There was just such this need for right and wrong. And in that moment, right. you just go, it, it doesn't matter what right and wrong is necessarily right. what matters right now is how can I serve someone? And, and there is a time and a place where right and wrong is a part of how you serve someone. Right. So like we do go sure. back to like the example all the way at the beginning of like 
counting others' interests, like you're going to sometimes, it's going to be something that is contrary to what they think they want. It's going to be something that they need. Right. Um, but then there are times where you, you serve someone and you, you serve someone in a way that maybe doesn't feel right to you, but you recognize this is how I'm going to love them and care for them. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, we, we've, there were so many different venues we witnessed that in the last three, four years. Um, it feels, it feels like there's a, yeah, there, you could, you could pick and choose all sorts of them. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it's just, it, it comes down to serving other people. Right. And starting with that, I think that's the thing that I, if, if I could clarify that at all, I'm saying that we should, we should start with, of course, I want to serve right. and do, um, do what's in their interests. And I'm, I'm going to count them as more significant than myself. So I'm not going to worry about my preferences. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the bent of like, yeah, of course I want to serve you as much as I can. And I'm going to, again, again, you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, which we're going to go through the series, but if that's the, you know, if they ask for your cloak, give your tunic as well. If they ask you to carry things one mile, go, you know, go the extra mile. Right. This, that concept of like, do all that you can, like do all. And then and it should be, that should be where you start. And then when there are things you can't do because it would violate your conscience or it would violate, you know, you th- like a direct command of Jesus or that you would find yourself being disobedient to Christ, well, then don't. But it's not like notice Paul doesn't say, well, if you want to if you want to have unity, um, unity is important. And the way you have unity is to all um, believe all the right things and all come to the right conclusion. <laughs> yeah. And those of you who are right need to make sure that everybody else knows you're right. Well, he cashes his chips in on very few things in that realm. Like, and that's around heresy. But as far as like, it's, it's not about, I mean, it's just so funny to think about, yeah, during the pandemic that all of the argument about whether masks helped or not. And honestly, like, I just never cared. Yeah. I just never cared. <laughs> I, like, I just like any study that you could point to that says, well, they helped. And then other ones are like, actually they hurt. And like, okay, fine. That's a different conversation for different people in different times. If you're going to, if you're going to put me on a, in a room and say, we need to figure out what is medically advantageous in the situation. Well then I'm, first of all, the first thing I'm going to do is say, I'm not qualified to be in this room. Yeah, Why, why am I in this room? Um, yeah. But secondly, I'm like, all right, well, if I have to figure that out, like for my family or something, well then I guess I'm, you know, I can try to do that. But from a church's standpoint, like our posture should always be, how can I, how can I serve? And, and people were really worried during that time of like, well, but then if you give into the government here, then what's next or whatever, like, well, that is the life of Jesus. Yeah. And it was the life of the early church. They gave themselves over to all kinds of things. And it, you know, you could do the slippery slope thing if they, they, they allowed themselves to be arrested. They allowed themselves, all these things happen. And you could make the argument like, well, see, and it didn't work for Jesus. And because he got murdered, right? So see, that's what happens. But is but is that where you want to be? Like you right. you, you don't want to be that person who's like, well, Jesus failed because that's what you're saying, right? <laughs> and when you say that, people like, but there was that there was that politician I yep, forget, you know, I that, know that you're going with said that, yeah. that where you know, well, if if you know, I mean, I, I, yep, I probably yeah, shouldn't go too far yep. with that, but 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 that person made the comment that basically Jesus failed. Like if we if yeah. if they had had a better stance on different policies then jesus might not have been crucified and i'm like how do you miss the point that badly like it's one thing to act in that way but then to actually articulate it and not see to call yourself a christian and think that it was a failure that jesus went to the cross 
that if you were there, if you were one of the disciples, you would have protected him and you would have, you know, given yeah. better political advice. And then he would have like, what? No, it's just it, so comical. But this, but this is, and this be, is where it'd be comical if it wasn't. It, real yeah, yeah. no uh, but this i mean and this is probably a good place to even put a put a pin on it is just to, re- to remind ourselves that jesus did succeed in what he did he he yes and and he is king he he has ushered in and this is kind of like the whole this was kind of the whole point i was going for is that he has ushered in this this kingdom that we participate in and we recognize that there's this this kingdom that will be fully realized when he returns that we will be a part of and and it's like our our job is just to like to live as much within the truth of who he is and that he reigns as possible and to do it in the way that he has called us to which is to humble ourselves and to serve our brothers and sisters recognizing that there will be a day where we live uh in perfect harmony with one another and that's that's good it is and that goes back to the king issue that he is king king. this is the kingdom that he has set up and it shouldn't surprise us that it pushes against our flesh. Man, it pushes against my flesh all the time. I know what is, I know that the way to my kids' hearts and to real transformation is through kindness and loving them and serving them. But I often choose, I, I don't often choose that because it doesn't make sense. Because in the moment, like I just need to put my foot down and make sure they don't right. do that thing anymore. Or I give in to them and want it because I, I don't want to have a battle or whatever. But either way, um, Jesus has set out like this is what the kingdom is. And we need to expect that it's going to push against our flesh. So yeah. we need to expect and be able to check ourselves and to not just always give in to, well, this is this is how this thing makes sense to me. And, and therefore, because normally what we're doing in that is we are we are figuring out a way, like I said, to define it in a way that that we can succeed at it. And that's just not, you know, the word of God convicts like it is sharp and it cuts to the point in the joint and marrow like it divides that it it is meant to pierce us. And um, but the good news is that in the piercing of that, we also receive mercy from God and we receive the work and the righteousness of Christ that he already humbled himself. He already did that for us. And so we are credited with that. And now we're just living in like walking more and more in that identity and realizing that. And like you said, one day we will do that fully. Yeah. But until then we'll encourage each other every day, as long as it's called today and more and more as that day approaches. So, so church, if we want to help you in that, um, so please reach out, ask us questions. We are thinking about expanding the podcast a little bit to go outside of the sermon. So if you have um, questions or just things you'd like to hear us talk about and kind of process through, um, we've talked about having um, inviting in other guests, you know, from even outside the church, uh, that outside of our church, that would help us discuss about that. So if you have nice, any yeah. question at all, um, about anything, like a theological issue, uh, like just how to function in following Jesus or anything like that, please let us know. You can email us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com. Uh, you can contact us through social media. You can give us a call. You can talk to us on a Sunday. You can fill out a communication card on Sunday and just put that on there. We would love to start collecting some of those so that we can, um, so that we can just, I don't know, we just want to be helpful. Yeah. We want to serve people well and be an encouragement um, so that is that is our desire, and so you can help us by telling us, help us help you. Help help me help, help you. Me, yeah, there you go. Help you. Yeah, you Love it. see if anybody knows that quote. 
All right, until next time, thanks for listening. Grace and peace. Peace.